0: backwoods bitches uh it's george here <laughs> another episode of the jack Wigan sports podcast uh excited to bring this one to you uh we're starting our nfl previews this week uh, we have the big 12 preview as well uh lots of golf and nascar and indycar to talk about as well exciting shit uh so let's just get right into it first up uh we we're gonna talk about the second but i need to talk about it first uh slade question for you what's it like to be fucking wrong uh just your thoughts on that real quick what do you mean uh mister oh there's there's no new winners this week uh and it, it's not gonna be kevin harvick or ryan blaney and then what do you fucking know kevin harvick wins the race and you look like a dumbass so that's want your thoughts on what it's like to be wrong
1: he had good he had a a good um game plan with gas and everything that's for sure um oh, yeah that's what it was okay at the beginning of the race would you have thought that kevin harvick was going to win when there was 10 uh toyotas in the top 15 Oh, no, Kevin Harvick was not in the top fifteen at no. all. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. <laughs> I mean, agree. it's a, definitely yeah. a good long shot pick that you had, and uh, and I think Nick also agreed with you in that there was a good chance that that uh, there was going to be a new winner. But yeah, I, I'm definitely wrong in that pick. But I mean, even the first fifty laps of the race, I would have, I would have not changed my mind. I'd have been like, no, yeah, no there's yeah, a better no, chance w- of Ty Gibbs winning this race than Kevin Harvick. No,
0: no I 100% agree. Like, I'm, I, I thought there was still going to be a new winner. For the longest time, though, I thought it was either be Bubba Wallace or even Martin Truex Jr. who was running up towards the front. There, I thought he could play his strategy outright. Uh, even Ryan Blaney was—I don't want to say he was fighting for the win, but I mean he was finished top five. He was running top five most of the day. Like he was—he was up there competing. But for the most part, it definitely looked like Denny Hamlin's race. Um, but you know, he gets a, a pit stop penalty late in the race, which is the story of his his season. I think he has like. 40 penalties this year most of anyone yeah yep. um and that's it doesn't matter who you are that's going to kill you kill your race especially when you have it that that late um and then Bubba and Joey Logano get into it on the restart and Bubba's bitching about Joey that, that's how you're supposed to be race whether you're racing for fucking 15th or or second or third whatever it doesn't matter that's how you're supposed to race uh you know and he he you know, later said, like, yeah, I should have done a couple things differently on the restart, but he's like, you don't have to risk me the harm. Yes, he does. Like, that is the whole point. Um, even <laughs> I, if he would have got by him, it, you know, when Bubba caught back up to him there, I think it was like 15 to go. Uh, and, you know, it took two or three laps for him to get by. Even if he would have got by him right away, uh, there still wasn't enough time for him to, to chase down Harvard. Harvard was just clicking off laps there towards the end. Um, you know, Bubba started to run him down, but there just wasn't enough time.
1: Yeah, so... Harvick did something that no one has been able to do in these cars so far this year, and he was gapping them by eight-tenths of a second a lap at the start of that. Once he pulled away, I mean, they were doing a lot of racing for second through, like, sixth, but, I mean, uh, I, I was texting a buddy, and I was like, I haven't seen anyone gap the field like this in these new cars yet this season. It was just ridiculous to see. I mean, you you saw him get out, like, I think it was about a second ahead of Logano at one point, and then all of a sudden you look like you're watching the racing behind Harvick on and you look up and Harvick's got a four second lead on the field and he's like a whole oh, straightaway away. And like no. it's like what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and um
0: when they cut the Bubba's end car, you like you just saw this red speck up and just you're speck, like, yep. like, I'm like I'm apples. Yeah, yes. Like yeah, like yeah, like you said, it was nothing that we've really seen this year, and yeah, very surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean they and and Harvick's team drummed it up too. That was the first time that they got clean air this season. That they felt that they've had that kind of car all season, but that they said that clean air means that much to these cars, and that if he's just able to get more clean air, that they're going to see more more uh a competitive side like that out of his his team. Um, one thing I did want to say is I think that like you were saying, Bubba was playing like the victim a bit with that whole restart area, and he was like, if I could have just been in Carl like or uh, Kyle Larson's spot, um, I think I'd have had a better chance at getting up to to Harvick there or whatever. And it's like, dude, I mean, I I, th- I think he just had a lot of pressure on him at that point. I mean, two days later, he signs a multi-year contract with 2311 Racing. I mean, I think that... I mean, I think fair- just
0: from his, his point of view right now, he knows that he needs to win to get into the playoffs, especially. Like, he's mm-hmm. not catching Blaney on points. There's three races left, and I don't think that there's absolutely any shot that it doesn't get filled by a winner. Um,
2: but for the price side for him, they're going to
0: Richmond this weekend, which has been Toyota's playground, it, you know, most of the, the years, especially here recently, especially in the spring, they looked really good there. Um, so it's a track that he can run well at, especially with the consistency he's developed here. He can push for a win there. They go to Walkins Glen. He's definitely not known as, as a road course racer. And I know he really struggles at Walkins Glen in general um so maybe not there but who knows uh you know you get fuel strategy there whatever it may be and he might end up winning uh but then you go to daytona and we said this before he's a very good plate racer and you put him in, in a situation where it comes down to you need it at, at the end of the day it's either a win or a go home and you just need to just cut yourself loose and just hey let's go have fun don't do anything stupid don't wreck half the field and end up taking yourself out too just go out there and run with, jr said on his podcast that he's like that's what happened in 2001 he's like i went there with nothing to lose it's like i was out of the points race he's like there's no point i like, i hadn't won i hadn't finished like top five since you know the accident with my father he's like i went there and he's like i just said fuck it like i'm just gonna go out there and ends up winning the race <laughs> um but that, that's just kind of like the attitude he needs to have going into the daytona race here in three weeks it's just I don't have anything to lose. Like, if I don't win this race, I'm not going to the playoffs. I know I have my contract locked, but it's fine. But, like, you know, I, I want to go out there and I want to perform. So just go out there and put your head down. Um, like I said, I, I don't think we've seen the last of, you know, first-time winners this year. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see if somebody gets bumped out of the points. You know, like we've, we've uh, seen a lot of people discussing Kurt Bush possibly getting moved out of the points because he does have a win but he's missed uh three races now because uh, he's gonna miss this weekend as well or four races now um yeah. because of his concussion um so it'll be interesting to see how the whole situation plays out i mean this could be very shitty if he's able to come back and then he gets cut, knocked out of the playoffs because it's something that wasn't his own doing um so we'll have to wait and see how that
1: plays out. i think that this weekend is a big build-up for bobo wallace like i was i was getting at earlier um I think that with Bubba signing a multi-year contract with twenty-three eleven like a day or two ago, um, I think that that's only going to give him the confidence to kind of move somebody, knowing that he, he doesn't have to worry about um, just getting good finishes to keep to keep in good eyes with, with his uh, management and stuff like that, with Denny, with Michael Jordan. I think that this is his last opportunity. I don't think that Daytona serves as an opportunity for him. I think it serves as an opportunity for everyone, which even lessens his chances. I think Watkins Glen has just been shit oh, – well, just in general, the road courses have not been a strong part for the Toyotas. It seems like the Chevys have been on it when it comes to um, the road courses. So, I don't know, I, I would see more of like even someone like Eric Jones has a better chance of winning at Watkins Glen than, than a Bubba Wallace in my opinion. Right. Um, Nick, what did you think of this past weekend at Michigan?
2: Um, yeah, I didn't get to watch, any that watch the Car race because um, that was pretty interesting too, which I guess we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, judging by the text messages that were going back and forth in the group chat, um, it was at the very least a uh, – I don't even know what word I would use to describe it, but there was definitely some action towards the end of the race going on from the way you guys were talking, maybe good, maybe bad, depending on how you want to look at it. But nonetheless, um, action at the end of the race is better than no action at the end of the race. So I'll chalk it up as a W.
1: Yeah. So Denny Hamlin, actually, he had the best car on the weekend. He,
2: uh, I
1: mean, if there was probably like 10 laps and he hadn't gotten, not even, I mean, if he had not gotten that penalty, I was watching it and his tire rolls out of the box, but it's an unoccupied box that was behind his, um, I immediately text Erica's brother because he's a huge Denny Hamlet fan, and I thought that there was someone in the pit stall behind him. So I was like, "Oh my God, he lost his tire. He's going to the back." And he's <laughs> like, "No, it was an unoccupied uh, stall." And then, like ten seconds later, they're like, "Oh, here's the video of this dude that's just in like khakis and a polo jumping over the <laughs> over the wall to grab this ball, yeah. and they, they, uh, or they, I mean to, said, to grab grab yeah. the tire, not the
0: ball." They said the tire rolling away was fine because it was going. to. But it's the fact that the guy stepped over the line and like that. Right. You, you there was too many it. people over. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, that was
0: a penalty more so than
1: right. But I mean, he booked it. He oh, started right. at the tail end of the of the lead lap cars. He started at, every, I think like twenty third. Right. Right. Like, that's why I'm saying yeah. at the end of the lead lap cars, and uh, he ended third. He was booking it. Um. Yeah, it was just he crazy was to see. front. I I have no
0: doubt in my mind he would have booked the field by four seconds too. Yeah. I I, I think it like, would have
1: been. Crazy to see like a him and Logano restart for a uh, green white checkered. Yeah. um Logano's car was falling off at the end, oh but Logano is very good at blocking because he does not give a shit if he puts someone in the wall. <laughs> oh,
0: when uh I was sitting on the edge of my seat because like I, I'm I'm a Kevin harvard fan, I'm not ashamed of it. It's, I think it was like we're up to, like sixty nine races or something since his last win. I'm sitting there, sixty five, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, fuck, like something's gonna happen. I'm sitting there, I'm watching the down, like something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. All of a sudden, it cuts fucking swears on the back of the phone tire. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this <laughs> I is was what like, happens. I had That's... money
1: on Logano. I'm like, throw the flag. Throw the
0: flag. I'm watching fucking chunks fly off the tire. I'm like, they're throwing the caution. And then he makes it to pit road. There's still no caution. And all of a sudden, you hear the radio come across the TV. It's like, no, no debris, turn three. I went, oh, my fucking god.
1: Like, There's man. a whole fucking tire lane, <laughs> in turn three. And they're like, no debris. We're good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, my god. I was I was sweating so bad. I was like, holy oh, shit. This, this could not be how this ends. Because <laughs> if, if it went over to another restart, I mean, I don't think... Arvick was good
1: from the jump, mm-hmm. but,
0: I mean, he he had nothing for Legato or Bubba. got a like, clean start. I don't think he would have
1: anything Yeah, and I think Hamlin was passing them both if he got a restart. Oh, yeah. Um, good times. So, uh, George has already said that he believes that there's going to be another winner, possibly two, possibly bump someone out with a win from the playoffs. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we only see the 15 winners that we have. Do you think that we, and we just have to see who points their way in between Truex and Blaney, or do you think that there's another winner?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think there's at least one more, um, possibly two. You know, Watkins, Glenn, there's definitely some drivers that do better on road courses, but they're always so unpredictable. And um, obviously the last race of the season, everybody that doesn't happen to have a win is going to want to win everybody's going to be doing everything they can to try to get that win and it's probably going to get chaotic and exciting and entertaining and whatever else you want to call it but i i definitely think at least one more uh new winner if not uh, a second one
1: yeah i i think that this this upcoming weekend is going to be either kyle bush or denny hamlin i think that denny hamlin's team has just been on a tear recently when it comes to just putting fast cars on the track um the, the garage in general has labeled the 20-minute practice that they're giving the teams just, like, Like they could just take it away at this point, like make it an hour or make it nothing because the 20 minutes is not really doing anything for them. A lot of them are just putting together some sort of qualifying effort and running one lap, and then they come back in and set the car back up for, for a race run, and they're able to get out for maybe couple laps and then they have to come back in like it's it's just not enough time to do anything and uh-huh. so i'm hopeful next season they actually get back into that i mean i think that's something that's really affecting kyle bush's um ability to compete here recently i mean aside from no sponsor possibly no team to race for next season He's uh, yeah so um so moving into indycar like nick was saying nick watched that um so where were they at this this past nashville nashville yeah. and there was a lot of drama with dixon um he won uh so what were your guys' thoughts on on that race nick we'll start with you
2: Yes, first of all that was From some of the drivers, some ridiculously uh, good driving, ridiculously good races. Uh, There were multiple people, Alexander Rossi included, that had gotten sent to the back at some point, whether it was from spinning out or penalty or whatever, that charged up through the field. Uh, Rossi, for example, he went back to last place, had jumped up a couple spots, uh, got spun out again or got caught in an accident or, or something, got sent to the back again, ended up finishing fourth um i i can't think off the top of my head of who the other driver was that i had uh seen do it but i am not the biggest scott dixon fan george will tell you that i don't necessarily like have a reason for it he just he's just salty because
0: he fucking beat his driver in the championship one year anyway hasn't let to go he also went by pnc because he's fucking
1: good
2: okay I'm tired of seeing him Ross's fucking win. The Dixon Patriots were fucking PNC. good and winning every year, but everybody got tired of seeing him win. I they can be cheated allowed to win though. They okay. That's, that's fair. That is Dixon sponsored that by
1: PNC. Yes. Okay. okay I then I yes. know him.
2: I think maybe. No, I couldn't. I, might not have, yeah, no, I probably didn't to be honest with you, but, but yeah, so that's the way she goes.
1: Uh, George, what were your thoughts on it?
2: Uh, Romain Grosjean's
0: bitch. Like that's, that's fair. That's I should have added it, but, that in. Um, Joseph Newgar's in the middle I'm of passing him. It has, it has a nose ahead of him, and then yeah. Ro- Roman tries to turn in on him and then gets stuffed in the wall and is upset about it and then wants to complain about it. Um, I never liked him in Formula One. I was very happy that he survived his accident. I was very happy to see him get a second chance in IndyCar, but goddamn is he a bitch. Uh, just cries about everything. He tries to run other people off the road. Uh, doesn't. You know, take any blame for that, but the second he gets shoved into a barrier because he turned in on somebody, uh, he, he wants to cry about it. Um, I can't stand him. Uh, like Nick said, Rossi had a really good race, uh, spun out, spun somebody out, got sent to the back, uh, and you know, somehow drives up to finish fourth. McLaughlin, uh, went from 15th to second and two yeah, restarts. Um, so Nashville provides a lot of excitement, but it's not a track I enjoy watching. Um, if, if the only, I guess, the only entertainment factor it has is when dudes are wrecking each other every five seconds. And it's, it's a little annoying. It's just way too congested to be a, a decent street course. Um, yeah. There's this one guy I found on Twitter, David Land. Um, he tweeted out, and what he said to me made a lot of sense. Like, they go to the tracks like Long Beach and St. Petersburg and street courses like that. But he's like, those are, are race tracks that are just on streets. Like this is just one hundred percent a street course. and It just it doesn't work. Um, it's not as bad as the Baltimore track they had a few years ago, um, but I can't I can't stand watching the races there. Like I was so excited for the race last year, and I was excited for this year. I thought it'd be a little bit better. Um, you know, they finally had a year to adjust to it. There's no real big changes this year to the track. Um, it was just a shit show at points to watch. It was it was really oh, yeah. frustrating. Um, it's just not something I enjoy watching uh, and they're probably going to go back there because I know they get a lot of attendance and they get really good numbers on TV. Um, I would rather them go to like the Nashville track that NASCAR races at, um, and and run the super speedway there, uh, or go to a short track and run the fairgrounds like NASCAR is talking about doing. I don't know, but the the, the street circuit just isn't cutting it. Yeah.
1: So, um, there's some breaking news. Uh, Padre star Fernando Tatis Jr. has tested positive God, for performance-enhancing drugs. Damn
0: it! I'm going to ban you from saying any foreign name on this fucking show. <laughs>
1: Fernando Tatis Jr. How did Fernando I? Fernando Tatis. Okay, well, I just watched an ESPN video and they called it Tatis too. <laughs> so they, they need the, the first problem. And ESPN. ESPN analyst Jeff Passan. Um, what's that? You're just fucking you're just pulling shit out of your ass. now. You have no, no idea not. who this guy is.
0: First of all, there's no video. He posted the article and looked at the same thing. It's Fernando Tatis Jr.
1: No, no, no. He's he's the one that posted the thing. I was watching ESPN.
0: Yeah, right here. The, the article. He posted the article. Correct. Yes. And yes.
1: on ESPN live right now. They're talking about him because well, this just dropped. Why
0: are you watching TV when we're trying to record a fucking podcast? The breaking because news. Because it obviously. popped up,
1: and then I was just confirming it. Anyway, say the fucking game right. So, so anyway, Jeez. talking about performance enhancing drugs. One quick baseball rant: uh, Should everyone just be able to juice so that we can see home runs all yes. the time?
2: Oh, George and I talked about this. One hundred percent. Let them uh, let them show. juice and let them use Spider
0: Tag. I don't give a shit. Like I yeah. just because the, the, they, they show too much favoritism towards players and, and teams. Like, I'm a Yankees fan. Yankees have 100% got away with cheating before, and I, I know it, and other fans know it, but the NMLB won a minute, And there's just zero consistency in how they, they base these penalties and suspensions and all this other shit. Um, and they'll, they'll change rules midseason, and everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, last year they came out, they said, nope, nobody can use spider attack anymore. We're going to crack down on it. And it'd be like... All right, and it like, I understand that was something I was, you could argue, was really hampering the game and all this other shit. Uh, yeah, it's it just, I, I can't stand the MLB. I can't stand Rob Manfred. Uh, it's a joke at times to watch, and it's really annoying. I would honestly, I would just rather go back to, yeah, let him juice. If, if you want to ruin your life by taking steroids, fine, go ahead. I don't, I don't care. Uh, the funny thing is, is watching the Padres sell out at the trade deadline, even though they had no right to it's uh, sucking worse, and now their star player is going to be probably suspended the rest of the season. So. Fuck the Padres. Fuck <laughs> the
2: Padres.
1: <laughs> and Nick, you said you agree that they should be able to juice. Um, oh,
2: 100%. Yeah, let them do whatever the hell they want. Uh, George and I, when we had talked about it on the podcast previously, we said let it, literally let them do whatever they want. They want to do crack, or out on the field? Fuck it. it. What's the worst it can do? Like, it's got to make it more entertaining.
1: Yeah, I like the video from, like, I think it was, like, two weeks ago when the pitcher was coming off the mound at the end of the inning and the uh, behind-the-plate umpire comes over to, like, check his glove and stuff. He throws his glove on the ground. He takes his belt I off. Think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, check it Um, uh, Moving into uh, a big thing that started today was the uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship in Memphis, Tennessee, I believe. What? Oh. Well, still. Jesus. Jesus, George. You're just on one today. Damn, uh, right. So right now DJ Collin. So right now, uh two days after the start, yeah. we have the leaderboard as uh Spawn, Straka, and Merritt. I don't know if you need to correct any of those pronunciations there, George.
0: Straka, not Stracha.
1: Okay, yeah. okay. Close enough at least. Anyway, Spawn leads by one at eleven under. The other two are tied at ten. Uh there's a couple of guys up there. Really close within contention. Um, one being Tony Finau. Um, What are your guys' thoughts so far, and and what do you see happening here in the next two days? Who who comes out this Finau repeat? Um, what are your thoughts there, George? We'll start with you.
0: Uh, I mean, Finau has a really good chance of repeating. Um, and uh, you, you're watching today. You and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. We we're talking about like it's getting to the point now where he's not on a heater. Like he he finally showing that the kind of player he can be and how good he is. Um, you know, before this year, he had two second place finishes and then he comes into the 3M open, wins it, goes to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, wins it. Uh, the 3M open was a little bit more of like a comeback, you know, he, he, he you know, had a really great final round and, and kind of put the emphasis on it. Like, and even then people are still so questioning, like, oh, can he do this consistently? It was a lackluster field, those other stuff. He goes to the Rocket Mortgage. He put five strokes on the field, um, and just whooped their ass, um, it, it, he's hitting his prime. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him, you know, the rest of the season and the coming years uh, and, and watching him compete for more and more tournaments and, you know, hopefully some majors too. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, it's also really fun this weekend watching guys like flirt with the cut line. Ricky Fowler had a really good Thursday. Today he struggled a bit and he went from, I think he was up to 80th in the standings at one point, And then all of a sudden, you know, he's back down to 120th, and that, that's just how the whole week's going to go. And we saw a lot of guys struggling to make the cut today. Uh, McElroy misses it. Billy Horschel misses it. Um, Keegan Bradley misses the cut. Uh, we also have Scotty Sheffer missing the cut. Um, big names. just all Jordan the Spieth. Board. Yeah. Jordan Spieth missed the cut as well. Um, guys that could afford to miss it, but I mean, there's plenty of guys in here as well that did not afford to give up those points. Um, Valor ends up shooting even on the day, he's sitting tied 27th. But He's definitely going to have to do a lot better than that if he wants to make it into the top 75 uh, to play next week. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to watch the storylines develop throughout the weekend. And, th- and that's what makes this tournament so much fun is it's not just, okay, you know, who's playing well. Oh, you're outside the top 30. We don't give a shit about you anymore. It's like, Hey, this guy's 27th right now, but if he places two spots higher, he's, he's going to earn enough FedEx Cup points to make the, the next round. Um, so it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. It's why I enjoy watching the FedEx Cup playoffs. Is there's so many different things rather than just you're watching the same five guys compete at the top. Uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. To yeah.
1: So Nick, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh yeah, I've got to watch a little bit of it while well, I've been at work. Hopefully tomorrow I'll get to sit down and watch a decent amount of of it. Um, but I've been following the scoreboard pretty closely. Glad to see Finau um continuing. You know, like we talked about, it's not a heater anymore. Um, He's hit his stride. I love to see it. I've been rooting for him all season. Finally, good to see him put it all together. Um, And there's a couple other guys. So just to name off a couple that I have here that I've been following. Cam Smith sitting T5 at minus eight. So he's three shots back. And then sitting at T17, five shots back of the lead. uh, You have a group that includes Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas, and Sam Burns so the top of that leaderboard i'm sure is not uh comfortable where they're at yet Uh, i know i definitely wouldn't be with those guys breathing down my neck so i think we're gonna have a great uh next two days of golf and then depending on how that goes could really shake things up um in in the standings and and how the rest of the playoffs go so uh, i'm excited this is my first year getting to witness the fedex cup playoffs and you know, still kind of trying to understand how everything works and all that. So um, it's it's definitely been a good one so far. Uh, as in, and I don't even I'm not even going to try to say what word that I'm I wanted to try to say. So it, it's been good. In is that correct? Is, that's what I wanted to say. inaugural. There we go. I knew it wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, it's not a word that I just spit out every day. If you guys have if, want... if
0: you date a kindergarten teacher long enough, she, she will sit down with you at dinner and do fucking phonics lessons, so you have to pronounce words correctly. Um, so it's, it's not because I'm better than you, it's just because I'm forced to learn.
2: <laughs> if we would have tried to do the show like three years ago, George would have had oh a vocabulary God. of like 13. I would have sounded like Helen Keller going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just really quickly wanted to remind people that we do have our own little golf league that we're doing fantasy wise. It's uh, just like our podcast, a weekly, never weekly type thing. Um, but I, I for some reason, for some reason, asking. we didn't do it this week for the start of the playoffs. <laughs> George just, saying, I, just really wants to be the one that has to go to the fucking
0: qualifier. Yeah. Even even if I won, wa- I needed to outscore Nick by like thirty points to pass him. And you by like twenty five. There was no fucking shot. I was beating no. out
1: of you. Oh, I was gonna say recently Nick had like a thirty point uh, jump on me. I think me and you were only like fifteen points away.
0: That's,
2: what, that's what, nobody was catching
1: Nick. Yeah, because then Nick was like, "Oh, we could do we could do double points double or something." Like, yeah, well, fuck Fuckers you, Nick. <laughs> so
2: before. I could, so I could here's, jump that up to six. Here's the
0: standings. So Nick has two hundred fifty five points. I have 195, and then Slade has 217. So oh, You're wow. 20 points clear, of me, and I can't pick anybody right to save my fucking life. So it wasn't either. And then this fucker who's never watched golf before, she's like, yeah, all right, oh, I'm gonna pick this guy, and he fucking wins every week. To be fair, Listen, to be I fair, have a he had the power
1: him. rankings at the very beginning when <laughs> I
2: didn't for the first like two weeks. All right, the first no, weeks. it was like the first one. That's that enough.
1: That's enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but
2: my lead wasn't even that bad then. I, I think say- y'all did worse after you found out. Yeah, the no, that's really right. what happened. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: So, because-
1: so George, do you want to say his name? Tatis, suspended Hernandez. 80 games.
0: Fernando Tatis. Jr.
1: Yep, he's suspended 80 games so far. Pending an investigation. Um, <laughs> Nick, do you think that, real quick, before we move into the Big 12, Do you guys think that Deshaun Watson is going to get more than the six-game suspension? He deserves it. He came out today and stated that he apologizes to all the women that he's affected with this. Um, I think it's funny that even John Gruden – or not John Gruden. Shit, what am I saying? Uh, Commissioner Goodell is saying that he thinks it's ridiculous that there's teams that, like, deflated a football and got (laughs) a more severe – in terms of, like, what they did penalty – than what he did off the field or like a a, an abuse case versus his case you know
2: yeah and like i understand to an extent like there's a whole you know judicial system and shit that might say he's guilty or not guilty or might dismiss the allegations or whatever the fuck the case may be i understand that part of the argument but when you're talking damn near 30 women and there was evidence found that like that the, the team, the Houston Texans had basically given him the tools to do it. Um, uh, there's only a certain to a certain extent that you can say, okay, this man's innocent. Like It's like OJ. Uh, on paper,
3: OJ didn't fit. do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> In the real world, everybody's like, nah, that motherfucker did it. Like, and that's kind of where we're at here. Like, You get to that number of women saying, yeah, he did this to me. There's got to be some form of truth truth somewhere in there um now i did see earlier something about he said that he would take basically like a plea bargain and take eight games i think it was instead of risking being suspended the whole year um or whatever the situation was yeah Yeah. obviously like you know no brainer um but nonetheless like i think we all can agree that it should have been a year at the very minimum been a year uh obviously they found something in their own personal investigation that led them to thinking he was guilty enough for an eight game suspension. So at that point, again, there's some level of truth to it. I, I don't think six, eight, even 10 games is sufficient in this case.
1: George, any more thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I lost brain cells
0: listening to that, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, I think he deserves a year. I think that's the bare minimum he deserves to be suspended for. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I, don't know. I just hate the NFL suspension system and using you know, this guy got suspended a year because he gambled on his own fucking team.
3: I or, wanted
1: to, I was going to bring that up. Did you see this, they said he suspended another six games for gambling on the outcome of yeah, the Sean Watson lawsuit? Uh, <laughs> it, you
0: know, you have guys suspended a year for, you know, being the shit out of, Girlfriend, or whatever, and then a guy gets suspended three games for doing drugs, and then all of a sudden, this guy you know sexually harasses women, and it's it's only you know six games for now. You know, I just there's it's the same thing I just said with baseball there is zero consistency with their suspensions and all this other shit. Um, I don't it, it that alone hurts my brain, but. Yeah, like I said, he at least deserves a year in my eyes, but we'll
1: have to see. Yeah. Um. Moving into the main topic of this week, we're up to the Big Twelve. Uh, George is just waiting for the SEC. He's waiting to do it out of order. Um, we already did it, but at the beginning of the seat, at the beginning of this, you wanted to be it to be the SEC. Yeah. We did. finally got to that. Now no, thinking...
0: no, I knew it was Big Ten, Big Twelve. I had the SEC and Pac twelve and stuff.
1: Oh,
2: that's fucking funny. thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kindergarten teacher wife should teach wow. me the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, uh, so starting with the Big 12, it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, George did have to help me out with realizing that ESPN was listing the teams in alphabetical order <laughs> and not on how their, their <laughs> play was last year. Um, he goes, anyway.
0: I have Kansas as my most declined team. I was like, the team that went two and 10 is going to do worse. He goes, yeah, ESPN yeah. has him in third. I'm like, are you sure that you just, ESPN doesn't have them listed alphabetically? He goes, actually, yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing. I was like, what yeah, the fuck? <laughs>
1: Anyway, so our first debate or topic here is will Oklahoma recover? Um, we'll start with you, Nick. Do you think uh, Oklahoma coming in with some new coaches and, and just overall um, the loss of Lincoln Riley, do you think that they're able to recover this year and, and really come out strong out of the gate?
2: Yeah, so um... – I do think that they are going to recover. However, I do not think it is going to be this year. I think they have the pieces in place to have um, a successful team that could, you know, get back to where Oklahoma likes to be. However, uh, a lot of question marks, a lot of um, new faces that need to mesh with this team. Um, you know, they, ha- they lost a lot of talent in production this past offseason. Obviously, losing that talent, getting a new coach is bad enough. Um, they have filled some of the holes in the transfer transfer portal, uh, but I just i I think that come conference championship weekend, this team's gonna find themselves on the outside looking in, and it might be close. This is a, a conference that could really be up in the air, um, especially early in the year. So I think that they could be close, but I don't think that they're gonna be doing it this year.
1: George, what think, are your thoughts? I think oh, sorry, I will. Sorry,
2: sorry. No, you're good. I think if I remember correctly, I believe I do have a little more on Oklahoma later in in my notes. So,
1: all right. Sorry to cut you off like that. George, no, 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 no. what are your thoughts on Oklahoma? Are they back?
0: Uh, no, I, I'm not saying they're going to be terrible this year. Uh, but I don't have them competing for the big 12 or even making the, the playoffs. Um, you know, like you said, they have a brand new head coach. who's a very defensive minded. And I think he's going to be a decent head coach. He has a lot of turmoil going right now. And that's just distractions on top of distractions. Uh, they just had the, you know, their wide receiver coach had to resign. Um, They have a new quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. Uh, he was UCF starter for most of last year. He's the one that transferred to UCLA. And then right before the day before he was supposed to start classes at UCLA, he transferred to Oklahoma. Um, so that was just really stupid to see. Um, so you're going to basically have a whole new offense there, uh, especially Lincoln Riley was the mastermind, um, of their offense in, in years past. Um, but their, their schedule isn't favorable to them as well. They travel to Nebraska, Iowa State, and Texas Tech, uh, and then they get Kansas State and Baylor at home. Uh, as of right now, I have them going 8-4 on the season. Uh, like I said, missing out on the, the big 12 championship.
1: Yeah, I think that they're going to kind of be middle of the road, definitely above 500, but I think they're going to be one of those teams that are that are second or third in their, in their um, side of the division. And so I just think that, it's just not gonna be enough. I think that Dylan Gabriel is gonna be a standout player this year, but um overall I don't think that they're going to be competing oh. for the big twelve. If General yeah. Booty
0: beats him out for the, the starting job, I, I think I might have to root for Oklahoma. <laughs> I'll
2: agree to that.
1: <laughs> um so George, you had said eight and four, Nick, did you have like any specific record that you had thought that uh, I hadn't had really
2: close? I hadn't really thought about it game to game.
1: All right, all right. Um,
2: eight and ju- judging by what I found, in my research, for him. eight and four sounds. I did on some of these, some of these teams. I just didn't have to do it for Oklahoma, but yeah. um, eight and four sounds reasonable. Yeah, I had him at three I or four losses.
1: Um, what do you guys think is more likely? Oklahoma State gets revenge, or Baylor goes back to back? George, we'll start with you. You're wearing green. Are you going Baylor? Uh, so
0: I'll, I'll break it down for both teams first. Um, Oklahoma State. They return a lot on the offensive side of the ball, including their star quarterback, Spencer Sanders. Uh, the defense did lose a lot of key pieces, including the defense coordinator, who's now gone to Ohio State. That uh, had them ranked fifth in the nation last year. Uh, Derek Mason comes over from Auburn, though. He was a big name there. He was the only reason Auburn had a respectable program at all, uh, leading their defense the past few years. Um, I think they can... Transform that youth group that they're going to have coming in this year into at least a top ten defense. I don't think they're still going to be you know, vying for the number one defense in the country, um, but uh, as as far as the, their schedule, uh, it's pretty easy non conference wise. Uh, they have, I, w- I think they go to Arizona State this year. That's like their only tough game. Um, once they get into the conference, though, it gets it gets pretty difficult. Uh, they hit Baylor on the road their first week, uh, October first. Uh, They also travel to Kansas State and Oklahoma, but they get Texas, Iowa State, and Texas Tech at home. I have them going 11-1 and and making the Big 12 championship game. Uh, As far as Baylor, uh, QB Blake Shippen returns. um, I I can't say enough about him as a freshman last year, uh, but he returns. They have an experienced offensive line, uh, and they should have their offense back to where it was despite losing running backs and wide receivers. Uh, Their defense returns a strong line but everything behind that basically needs a place. Um, they have early season tests at BYU and Iowa State before they get to the Oklahoma State game. Uh, they also get Kansas State later in the year, and they travel to Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. Uh, I have them going 10-2. and two. So in the regular season, I have Oklahoma State uh, a step ahead of them, uh, record-wise. Um, as far as the conference championship game, though, I would take Oklahoma State. Um, but we saw last year if <laughs> they, they can't not turn the ball for, over four times. Uh, we'll, we'll
1: see. Nick, what are your thoughts? Uh, Oklahoma State have a better chance at revenge, or does Baylor have a better chance at back to back?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Baylor uh, here in a little bit, but I do think that the Baylor repeat is more likely. Um, I, I think they're both going to be pretty competitive, uh, you know, in a head to head outlook, but. OK State has to replace its entire secondary, its leading rusher, uh, its number one wide receiver. And you add to that a QB who threw 12 interceptions last year and uh, taking a step back, regardless of whether it's a big step or a minor step, a step back on defense, um, that doesn't really bode well as far as, you know, making strides forward. Uh, So I think it's going to be a tough road uh, for OK State to get to the conference championship um, and I again, I do think that Baylor is in a better position um, to to end up walking away with the conference championship.
1: Yeah, so uh, I I kind of agree with both of you in that uh, in terms of records, George. I agree with you. I think ten and two for Baylor, um, and and eleven and one for Oklahoma State are are really good um, viewpoints on that. Uh, you didn't really have like a a definitive answer on who you feel is gonna be like the outright winner, but I feel like Nick's right in that Baylor's gonna have the better chance at repeating over a revenge game with Oklahoma State. Uh what do you guys think about I mean what what do you guys think about Texas and just one second. One second. Obviously they're it's not, not actually back, back. Sleene but <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, George agreed that if Texas in the next, what is it, five years? Five years. If in the next five years they have a conference, or if they have a Big 12 championship playoff, or, or a Big 12, yeah, stroke, Big 12 championship birth, that he has agreed to get a tattoo of the longhorn on his ass. I think uh,
0: they have one year left to do it in the Big 12. Next year they go to the SEC.
2: Right, right, right. It's definitely uh, not
0: fucking happening. There is no shot. No, no,
2: yeah. But I, I might give them a Big 12 in the next five years, but they're not <laughs> going to be there. So.
1: <laughs> so, so a big thing that I saw was Texas uh, head coach Steve Sarkazian, which you can repeat the pronunciation on that if you want, George. Um, yeah. So he has, Sark. Re- he has released that they have had to um, suspend their star receiver who was transferring into the school. Um, he was arrested on criminal mischief there was a parking boot on his car and he decided to try and beat it off the tire like I'm trying to tie it off what? or whatever. What? And what so <laughs> so uh, there was anywhere from six hundred to like nine hundred dollars in damage to this parking boot, which he was arrested for. Then uh, the school has suspended him and they talked to the family and said basically that the school doesn't want any um Anything to do with that that type of behavior? um So, do you think that he suspended a whole season? Do you think a couple games? Well, I mean, I know that you might just be finding out about this, but for being, I just want to start off by saying boot,
2: that I'm glad that Slate is on this show strictly for the "Hey, this guy happened to get arrested" moments. Yeah. Um, however, like
1: it always has I, to do with beating off too. I don't know why. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you spend your free time doing, but sign me up. No. Uh, <laughs> so you getting on Pornhub? Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this could really go either way. I, I don't know if he'll, he'll necessarily, like, get completely suspended. Now, obviously, like, the school doesn't want anything to do with them. So they'll say whatever. Um Who's to say that doesn't mean that somebody else can pick him up? Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not 100% certain on transfer portal rules, so I don't even know if that's an option at this point. Um, but nonetheless, uh, if it is an option for him to go somewhere else, I have a feeling uh, with his talent level, he he'll go somewhere and somebody will let him play because they're gonna be like, look, I don't give a shit what you did for this school. Like, come over here and ball out on the field. Um, and who's to say it doesn't happen again? Uh, but nonetheless if if the option is there i, I think somebody's going to pick it up somewhere um even if none of the necessarily top schools uh, want to touch him somebody somewhere if the if the option is there is going to have him playing on the field for them this year
1: um george do you have any comments on that or you just don't give a shit cuz it's texas
2: uh 6 games but also, yeah, i also
0: don't give a shit
1: yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> on to the next topic um. So, so who are your guys' players to watch? Do you have one? I mean, I'm sure George has a list of five. Um, I
0: kept it to one this time.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. uh, George, we'll start with you and your players to watch for this season.
0: Uh, I went with Spencer Sanders uh, from Oklahoma State. Uh, he was a very talented QB. Uh, he had this team on the cusp of winning a Big 12 title last year, even though he threw four interceptions in that game. Um, the way he played in the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame was – Exceptional, especially from the last two minutes of the second quarter on. Um, he, he showed how much potential he has. Uh, if he can capitalize on that, if he can play with a chip on his shoulder, um, overall, if he just grows up a little bit and, and learns how to be a more stable presence in the pocket, I think this could definitely be a year where he puts up big numbers. Uh, maybe even slide his name into the Heisman conversation. We'll have to see.
2: Uh, but yeah, I have him as my uh, my player to watch this
1: year. Nick. Uh... You have one, maybe multiple players to watch for this season. Let us know.
2: Yeah, so I actually went with two. Um, they both do happen to be preseason Heisman candidates. Uh, so first up, I went with Dylan Gabriel, the QB from Oklahoma. And then uh, I'm assuming it's Dijon Robinson, uh, the running back from Texas. Uh, like I said, they're both preseason Heisman candidates. Both should have very strong seasons. Um, Gabriel is reuniting with his offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, from, I believe, 2019. Um The biggest thing for him is big question mark when it comes to the talent that he has around him, especially when you think about Oklahoma standards. Uh, Robinson, on the other hand, has all the talent that he needs to be successful. Um, What's going to hold him back, if anything, is going to be Texas's um, success or lack thereof. Usually you think of a Heisman. You want to be on a pretty dominant team. That's not going to be Texas this year. So I I think that's really going to hurting on it, but yeah, sorry, they're not back. I'll tell you five times that.
1: Um, yeah, so so I agree. I also had uh Dylan Gabriel, OU's quarterback. Um, I just think for the same reasons that Nick had stated, he's he's reuniting with the offensive coordinator, and so I just feel like that's just going to be a really good match for the both of them. They'll be able to click right away. Um, I didn't dig deep enough to know if there was any problems there beforehand. What are you laughing at, George?
0: Um, this Twitter account I follow released. It's Big Game Boomer, and a lot of people follow him. He does a ton of um, He just released his list of the best college football team in every state, and it is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Did he pick like U Penn for Pennsylvania? He
0: picked <laughs> Pitt for Pennsylvania.
2: Nice. Um, they haven't beaten Penn State, and I couldn't tell you how fucking long. But I, I
0: think this is just like current roster, but I, still, regardless. Yeah. Um, he has Purdue and in Indiana, which. I would argue Notre Dame, but hey, whatever. Um, let's see what else we got here. Shout out to my alma mater, though—they got Vermont's nomination. Did I they mean, really? Did they really? Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's no other like school. I was gonna
2: say, mom. yeah, it's probably the only football school. No, there's, there's
0: Norwich. Uh, I think UVM has a team, but I don't know even know if they're. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see here, Maryland got nominated for Maryland over. Uh, I would put New. Yeah. Right. Dallas. Uh, California went to Fresno State over USC or any of the other big games. Bold. Uh,
2: literally any other football school. But Arizona over Arizona
0: State, and Arizona has like, won five games in how long? Who's um, Florida? Florida is Miami, which I would kind of agree with. Yeah, but yeah, I I can see it. Uh,
1: what about Michigan? Do they have MSU or UM?
0: It picked Michigan State, uh, which a lot of people <laughs> are going. He, I did see his reply to me. He argued that, hey, until Michigan State beats Michigan, I'm, I'm going to put them there. Uh, he argued Purdue over Notre Dame because he said Notre Dame's overrated, like they are every year. Um, but,
1: I mean, he picked the obvious, like Ohio State, yeah, picked Clemson, picked State. right?
0: He picked Marshall, yeah, uh, yeah, Clemson, Georgia, NC State for North Carolina, uh, which isn't, I don't want to say arguable, but
1: I mean, they have three like, really good teams. Texas a for Texas or oh, yeah, I uh, uh, Texas Baylor. Tech? I picked Baylor. Oh, Baylor, Baylor. Okay. Uh,
0: but I, I, just saw immediately. I saw Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Michigan.
2: What about Oregon? I would have stopped at Pennsylvania? I would have been like, yeah, yeah <laughs> did he pick? Uh, he did Ducks? Pick Oregon. Thank God. Okay.
0: Uh, if he would pick Oregon State, uh, we would
1: have. It does not follow him.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cut you off. What were you talking about?
1: I was just talking about the player to watch. I was just repeating what Nick said. So it was fine. That's why I was like, what are you? Um, so moving on to our, our conference winner pick, um, we'll start with you, Nick. Who, who do you think is going to be the conference winner and, uh, pick one dark horse.
2: Are oh, we just throwing new shit in? Here, I man. know. Um, well, at yeah, least it's so... in order this week. Okay. Uh, I do think that Baylor is going to end up repeating this year. Um, Now, like I said, this conference could very easily turn into a toss-up, but I think as long as they make it to the championship game, I think they have what it takes to win it. Um, Defense is going to continue to be stellar. Uh, George touched earlier on one of the best D-lines in college football, uh, led by nose tackle, I believe it's Siaka Ika, or at least that's how I'm pronouncing it. Um, They have an All-American candidate at linebacker with Dylan Doyle. The offense is primed with returning QB uh, Blake Schaefer. Chapin, as George has talked about, revamped wide receiver group, one of the best O-lines in college football. Um, These guys are going to dominate the trenches, both sides of the ball. And as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what conference you play in. That's a good formula for winning. So, again, I think they're going to repeat, hold up that trophy again.
1: George, what do you want to talk about before you talk about your conference winner? (laughs) The
0: two of you are pronouncing names.
1: It's
0: a great pass um my conference winner i picked oklahoma state my dark horse i'm going with kansas state
2: oh yeah i forgot my dark horse but of course george and i happen to have the same one
1: nice nice
2: also Uh, real quick before we move on
0: uh i just want to clarify i did not touch on anything that's nick nick is the only one in this group that touches on anything george uh
2: oh i can't say what i was about to say okay never mind next topic yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) so (laughs) i
1: i also picked baylor um Dark Horse, Texas, because Texas is back. Um, I will continue to say it until it is on George's right-ass cheek. Um, So, uh, moving into, like, just in general, the standings and stuff like that. uh, George, who's your most improved team for this year? I'm assuming that you might go with Kansas, since you just picked them as your Dark Horse.
2: Uh, I'm
0: not. Kansas State. Oh, Kansas State, I mean. I mean, it's going to be very hard for... Kansas to play any worse, but they'll, they'll find a way, but then they'll still beat the shit out of Texas. Um, no, my most improved I went with West Virginia uh, and I went back and forth with them in Kansas state. I mean, in my mind, Kansas state finished fourth in the standings last year. Um, I could easily see them finishing fourth. I could easily, like I said, see them finishing second. Um, but overall, I think West Virginia will take the biggest leap out of anybody in the big 12 this year. Uh, they get a brand new offensive coordinator and Graham Harrell, um, you remember that name, it is because he is the QB uh, that upset Texas uh, that one game, I think it was like 2007 um, when Texas Tech beat Texas on the last play. He was their quarterback uh, there. Hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, so new O.C. with him. Uh, JT Daniels is transferring in from Georgia, but he does have a lot of competition for the starting job, so it's not 100% clear who's going to be the starter yet. Um, But they do have arguably one of the best returning duos at wide receiver in the whole conference Uh, at Bryce Ford Wheaton and Sam Jones and they also get all five offensive linemen returning Uh, and I have this as being one of the best offenses in the Big 12 uh, which is as we know all the Big 12 cares about outside of Oklahoma State Um, so I think this is definitely a team that could maybe push for you know finishing second or third sneaking their way into the conference championship game but overall I have them far improved from last year uh, you know, not just limping
1: into the bowl game. Uh, you know, having a great season. Nick, who, who's your most improved for this season?
2: Yeah, so I'm taking a big reach here because I needed a hot take for this week's podcast and I couldn't figure out where else to find it. So I'm going with Kansas. Um, I, I completely shit on Kansas any other day of the week, but for content purposes, I'm going Kansas here. Um, now, I don't do you think you're going to be
1: in football too, or
2: just basketball. Physically and metaphorically. Oh, and definitely in basketball. Um, that's not the question I thought you were asking. But, no, so I don't think they're going to be anywhere near competing for the conference. But I do think that they can add three to four wins. Uh, again, this is a hot take here. I understand that. Uh, to their two-win season, it's not hard to go up from two wins. Um, they are returning 16 starters. So uh, the experience is going to be there for them. Um, I haven't seen them do anything positive with any talent that they've had before. Uh, but nonetheless, this is this year's. Uh, I I am with Kansas as you are with Texas. We'll we'll put it that way. Although mine's for hot take purposes. You genuinely right. believe Texas is back?
1: Yeah. So obviously, my <laughs> most improved is Texas. because Texas is back? Um, George, <laughs> who well, is uh, your most? Quick,
0: before we get into the most uh decline, uh, big game rumors just want to fucking roll today. He also yeah, wrote the, released top fifty head coaches with the most swagger which, first of all, I don't think we that word. No. Uh, we haven't used that word since 2014. Uh, but top 50 head coaches with the most swagger. Lane Kiffin is not first. Who, who else would you put
2: first? Who else? Yeah. Like, if um, I was genuinely Kiffin. thinking about it yeah. or if I was, like. Yeah, if you were um, genuinely like, thinking about it. I mean,
1: swagger. if I'm thinking what someone else is putting, I'm going to think that someone's probably going to pick, like, uh, Lincoln Riley.
2: But
0: I feel like that's a fair name. Nick, do you
2: have any guess? Um I'm drawing a fucking blank, but we talked about it before, but the LSU head coach. Uh,
1: Kelly. No no, no the is old one. The uh, the that guy. Well, he doesn't coach or... This oh, is like fair. current
2: coaches. Okay, okay. Sorry. I miss I misunderstood. Anyway, Coach, this...
1: coach O. is who yeah. he was talking um,
0: about. Number one is Coach Oregon. Mel Tucker.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Like huh. Lane Kiffin is two, Shane Beamer is third. Marcus Freeman is fourth. I can kind of see that. Brian Harrison is fifth from Auburn. That's bullshit. Um, Mario Cristobal sixth. I don't agree with that. Mark Stoops is seventh. Um, just to give you an idea, he ranked uh, – I can't think of his name. Let me find it here. Paul Christ, the head coach at Wisconsin, is ranked 29th. James Franklin is ranked 46th. That um, was Sweeney's – family. That was Sweeney's 49th. Um, Who's 50th?
1: Nick Saban. <laughs> Terry
0: Terry Bowden from UL Monroe. No, Nick Saban isn't even on this list.
1: Uh, I feel like yeah. Nick Saban probably has like the most like untrying version of swagger. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This, but this just reading this list was beyond just wild wow, it's stupid.
1: That is funny. All right. Anyway, my most
0: inclined team. Uh, I went with Oklahoma, uh, and just for the simple fact, they have so much drama going on right now. Uh, they have a lot of holes replaced from last season
1: um watch out and Nick. my touch on that i know
0: uh I will, but i touch I, on like all a, the holes i think they stay in contention for most of the first part of the year uh but they have a really cooling schedule the back half of the season um probably around that texas game is where i i kind of see the part not necessarily a nose dive but the season kind of trails
2: off mm-hmm. nick
1: they're, what
2: are your they're thoughts still beating texas <laughs> yeah so um this was actually really tough i I had to look at this one for a couple of minutes to finally make a decision, but uh, in the end, I'm going with Iowa State. They had a seven and six record last year, um, which was one of the reasons I couldn't decide on them very easily because seven and six is barely um, above five hundred. So to go down from there as a somewhat successful team kind of is a bit difficult. But they're only returning eight starters. They're replacing QB, running back, tight end, tight end, and their top linebacker. From last season, uh, all of which were very heavy contributors in the reason for the success that they did have. Um, a lot of players are going to need to have a breakout year to even find themselves in a bowl game. Um, I didn't write it here, but I believe that I had them at five. What would that be? Five and eight. Yeah. But I didn't really see a whole lot of teams that I other teams that I thought could drop two uh, two extra wins. So. Iowa State?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I think that I kind of picked between two mainly just because originally I had um, OU also, just because I don't think that they're going to really do much this year. Like George had said, they have a lot going on, just a a lot more to talk about than football when it comes to their team. And that just usually doesn't equate so much on the field. Um, But aside from that, I think that um, Kansas would probably be my other pick just because I think it just them staying around the two three wins for the season is a decline just overall for their program. Um so that's where I was at with most declined. Um do you guys have any more comments on the Big Twelve? Uh any thoughts? Does Big Boomer have any more to say? <laughs> uh I I
0: can't look at that page anymore. I'll sit here and I'll find something to pitch about
1: on. <laughs> um, so George, did you have any games that like really stuck out like did you have like a top three that that you like can't miss games this season for the big twelve or no?
0: uh I mean the normal one is Oklahoma Texas, no matter who's good or bad um, it's always a fun game to watch, especially when Texas blows a fucking four touchdown lead That's especially really fun to watch um,
3: That's really fun. Uh, Oklahoma State Baylor is gonna
0: be a great game uh Kansas state against any of those big three teams, uh, whether it be Oklahoma State, Baylor. Uh, and I think Texas Tech is also going to have a, a surprising season this year. Um, so uh, they travel to North Carolina State, I believe it's September 17th. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. So, a, lot of, a lot of games to keep your eyes on. And the Big 12 is always exciting, especially if you want to wake up and you're over from a Friday night and you want to – See some excitement first thing at three thirty in the afternoon when you finally some sixty yard bombs. Yeah, that's 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 a conference to watch.
1: Yeah. Um so moving into our next topic, which is something that I'm kinda excited for. I'm kinda excited. I mean, I'm I, I think we've all talked about it in that college football is something that we like to watch a little bit more than the NFL, but it's nice to kind of talk about the NFL. Um we'll do a little preview of the AFC and NFC. Uh George. Do you want to start with some division winners? Your picks for this season.
0: Uh, just to clarify, we're doing the NFC and AFC East today.
1: That's my bad. Wearing
0: his, his Redskins jersey.
1: I mean, we weren't talking uh. about the Yankees, and you were wearing that, so I didn't I didn't think <laughs> anything of it.
0: Baseball <laughs> season, so it's fair
1: He wore uh. a basketball jersey last week, so I didn't think anything of it.
0: <laughs> I did. Huh.
1: I, I know, I know. Oh, you said I did. I was like, oh. No, anyway,
0: no, no. If I own one basketball jersey, and I definitely did not wear that. Um,
2: yeah, as, <laughs> so, as far two, as my yeah, uh, yeah my division my winners
0: for uh, the AFC and NFC East, I'm going with the Bills and the AFC East. I think that's probably the easiest pick of any division this year. Um, and for the NFC East, I think it's going to be really close between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think the Cowboys have a worse team from last year, but I'm not sure the Eagles have improved. Proved enough. I think it goes down to the last game, but I have the Cowboys winning the division this year.
1: Nick, what are your thoughts there with the NFC East and the AFC East? Should we even talk about the NFC East for you? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, so first of all, AFC East, easy one. I agree with George. Like he said, that's probably the easiest decision in all of the NFL. Um, As far as the NFC East goes, I honestly realistically speaking i think this division is going to go one of two ways either a someone's going to run away with it again like dallas did last year or b the three teams that aren't the giants are going to be competing and like i said giants don't have it um the other three teams have high ceilings uh their floors kind of vary um you talk about philly the biggest question to me is Jalen Hurts. Um, You know, he just got A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith had a good season last year. It's going to come down to whether Jalen Hurts takes that next step as a quarterback or not. I personally don't think he's going to, but that defense is loaded. The offense has talent around him where if he can at least get people the ball every once in a while, the offense is going to be able to do some stuff. As far as Dallas goes, um, losing Amari Cooper, I I think, was a lot bigger than what a lot of people like to... um, admit to especially Dallas fans because now you have C.D. Lamb who's basically going to be not basically he's going to be the focal point of the passing offense Um, and then you have Ezekiel Elliott who they're going to continue to start over Tony Pollard even though Pollard if he played as much as Ezekiel Elliott did I think he would put up way better stats than Elliott but nonetheless Elliott has a habit of kind of holding the team down especially in crucial moments and then you look at Dak um, who always manages to throw for 4,000-plus passing yards and, you know, a decent amount of touchdowns, but doesn't seem to make the plays that needs to be made. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, you lost almost all your pass rush. Pretty much all you have left is Mike Parsons, which obviously as a Penn State fan, um, you know, I think that he's going to have a good season. I don't think it's going to be statistically as good as last year because of the help he doesn't have around him. Um, And he's pretty much, in a way, if you think about it, he's going to be carrying that defense because – The pass rush last year is the reason that Dallas' defense looked as good as it did. You look at Trayvon Diggs. He gave up the most yards in the NFL, but he also had the most interceptions. Why? Because quarterbacks were pressured, trying to throw the ball away. And he's got good hands. Like, I I don't think that he's going to benefit the same way this season as he did last season. Um, And pretty much from the D-line back, um, that defense does not look as good as what you would think it would um, after last season. And then, obviously, comes Washington. Um, I'm not going to go too crazy here because if there's any of my favorite teams that teach me not to get my hopes up is the goddamn Washington commanders. Um, we have Carson Wentz, obviously a huge upgrade, you know, albeit I'll hear an argument for that. I'll argue Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke any day. I love my boy Heineke, but Carson Wentz, you look at the statistics, clear upgrade. He's got the best team around him offensively that he's had in his entire career, um, if he doesn't do shit with it, then obviously, yes, Carson Wentz is the problem. But the pieces are there. A lot of people like to talk shit on our O-line, but our O-line was actually good last year. Um, even though we got rid of Brandon Sheriff this year, I, I think overall the line itself got better. And our defense, for me, is our biggest question mark. Did they play, like, first half of the season last year, Washington defense, or do they play, like, second half and uh, 2020 Washington defense? That's really going to decide – how we as a team go, but due to the fact that they're my favorite team, I have to go with us because that's what we do. I, I do think there's a slight possibility, but at, at this point with not getting my hopes up, I like if I had to choose one team that wasn't Washington, I'm I'd have to go with Philly.
1: All right. So I think we all agree on the AFC East then and in, in the Bills being the team. Um I'd hope
2: so. I'd honestly like. I understand for the sake of argument, but we'll save that for next week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so – and then in the NFC East, I mean, Danny Dimes just can't – no, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, the Eagles. I think that, like you guys have both kind of stated, the Eagles and Dallas have really kind of been those two teams to fight it out the past two seasons at least, and uh, I just think the Eagles are going to be the ones to get it done this season. I think this year is put up or shut up for the um, Cowboys. I think that they had their issues with Zeke being on and off the field. Now they ha- And then they had their issues with Dak also being on and off the field with injury. So I think that this is their year that they either they either compete or they don't. And at that point, I think it's time for Jerry Jones to kind of start um, moving some pieces more than just Amari Cooper to, to try and figure out what the best plan is there. I mean, that Trayvon Diggs, I mean, I saw he, him getting burned by uh, – their rookie in practice the other day or something like that. Uh I mean obviously it's just a
2: video that they post online. Like he got he got caught. burned by a rookie and a tight end. Yeah. Just to make that clear. In the same practice. <laughs> the yeah, the so. biggest thing Jerry Jones
0: needs to move needs to move is his God damn it. Jerry Jones needs to stop being the GM and stop trading the people. Oh for sure for sure. that, that, that is that young. is the Cowboys' biggest problem and that'll forever be
1: Yeah. Um so we all sort of picked someone different for the AFC, or I mean the uh, the NFC there. I mean, Nick picking his team, George picking Dallas, me picking the Eagles. We all picked Buffalo. Um, So who is the most improved teams in your
2: eyes, Nick? Uh, Most improved. So AFC East, uh, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They went three and four last year. Obviously a lot of room to build. They're not out. in the AFC East. Oh,
0: what? They're in the AFC South.
2: The oh, AFC shit, East I...
1: is New England,
2: the Jets, Miami, and <laughs> bro. Hill. The fact that I literally got to the point where I wrote enough notes out not even thinking about it, that is absolutely embarrassing. Um,
1: I mean, we <laughs> can be honest here. The, the fucking AFC and NFC, the way that they divvy the shit up is stupid to begin with because I somehow agree. Miami is in the AFC East, but like he had just said, the Jaguars are in the South. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, on with you want to start with anyway, the, the, the NFC? What's crazy? The
2: best part about this is that without the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, because they're on it, I could have named the four teams in the AFC East. So how I got through, like, I was doing these notes at lunch. So, like, I was a little distracted. I'm a fat kid. I love food. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> like, how I, how you can sit there and name the four teams in, in a division and then pick a fifth one that's not in the division to put in the notes. Um, but nonetheless, um, this <laughs> – it actually makes it even easier for me. I think the Jets are very clearly going to be the most improved team um, in the AFC East. They have the most room to improve. Um, and I think that they have a lot of good pieces in New York. Um, one of the two New York teams is about to be on the up and up and it is not going to be the giants.
1: <laughs> um, George, what are your thoughts on the most improved team?
2: Oh, I uh, forgot the NFC, but I'll go back to it. Uh,
0: I went with the Jets as well. Uh, they had a very solid off season. And as far as the NFC I went with Washington. Um, they were on the cusp of being a really good team last year. Uh and I, I think I don't necessarily have them as being like Super Bowl contenders yet. Um, but definitely a playoff worthy team and they can definitely play for a wild card spot this year. So I have them as my first time.
1: Um, Nick, do you have a uh, NFC team that you wanted to pick as your most improved?
2: <laughs> yeah, so um I happen to, and this isn't just because. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. They, <laughs> No, uh, I, I'm going with Washington too. Went 7-10 and 10 last year. Um, had a, a lot of close games. Had some that were not so close. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. But there were times, I mean, we were leading the Chiefs in the first half uh, before Patrick Mahomes finally woke up from his uh, offseason slumber and decided to play like Patrick Mahomes again. Um, We were competing with Green Bay, and there were a lot of games against some lesser opponents that were one-possession games, and we went from, I believe we had the second or third hardest schedule based off of opponent um, records last year, whereas we're going, at least in the preseason, we ha- we're tied for the easiest schedule. So it's definitely in our favor um, to obviously win more games and I I just, again, the Giants aren't going to do it, and the other two teams had good seasons last year, so pretty simple.
1: Yeah, so I I also picked the Jets in the AFC. I just think that they have a lot of off-field talk with their quarterback right now, and I think it can only spawn confidence for him. (laughs) Um, Then moving to the NFC, uh, I, I think that the Eagles are my pick. I think that they're going to end up adding two wins to their season, which is enough to get it done for them. And uh, I think that that'll put them into the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts, Nick, on your most uh, declining team for this year?
2: Uh, Yeah, so I want to make sure I read both this time. Um, I think that everybody in the division has, for the AFC East, has the ability to maintain or Um, Progress in the win column. I I wanted to pick the Patriots here. Uh, You know, their defense isn't as good as what Bill would like it to be. They still don't really have a receiver. Um, So I guess if I had to pick one, it would be the Patriots. But I didn't really want to come out and say that because I'm only thinking one or two game difference. And either one of these teams could have a one or two game difference from what they had last year. So um, it is what it is. Uh, Over in the NFC side, I have to go with Dallas. and not just being a hater here either. Um, I spent a lot of time looking over the teams that are in this division, and like I stated before, C.D. Lamb's now the focal point of uh, the passing attack. Zeke's going to be Zeke, can do what Zeke does. Um, he'll probably rush for a thousand yards, but shit the bed when they need him most, like he usually does. Um, I think Dak struggles to be able to find Lamb consistently enough to be successful, and again, like I said earlier, the pass rush isn't going to be nearly as effective as as it was last season. Sorry about whatever the hell just came out of my mouth there. And um, because of that pass rush, I think that entire secondary, but especially Trayvon Diggs, continues to get picked on like they did before last season. And all all in all, I think they're going to go from, what did they have, 12 wins, I believe, last year. Uh, They could even, I'm, I'm saying they're going to, going to have nine wins um but i think that they could very easily drop to eight
1: george what are your thoughts on the most declining team
0: uh the afc side, i actually won the dolphins uh just because i fucking hate Tua, and i think adding tyreek is just going to be more drama and listen you can add all these great players to be weapons for Tua, but if you can't throw the goddamn ball, they're not going to do it um and they went through all this turmoil in the, this offseason with firing their head coach and they did deserve to be fired. Um, I feel like nobody's really sure what is going on in Miami right now. Uh, so I have zero faith in Miami. Like Nick said, they might only lose one or two more games, but they're, they're bad enough as it is. Uh, and on the NFC side, I went with the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, so I, I also picked the Dolphins mainly just because I think that they had their sights set years ago on Tom Brady being their quarterback and since that happened they've kind of been stuck in the Sean water. Sean Keaton
2: being their fucking coach. And now <laughs> I'm neither.
1: Um yeah, so I-, I think that it's just uh I, I think they're kinda of stuck in the water. I think they're stuck with Tua now until they can get uh I mean they lost two draft picks. They lost a number one draft pick and I think a third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um so it- it's it's just gonna be couple of years and I, I kind of see the same thing eventually happening to the Texans with just all of the the aiding they did to Deshaun Watson um, throughout his situation. Uh, I don't really know about the NFC East. I mean I would say the Giants I guess just because I think they're going to continue to be in fourth place in that in that division but um, yeah I guess that's where I'll it. I think Danny Dimes is going to lead the NFL in interceptions this year only because Ben is no longer in the league. <laughs> <laughs> um so
2: <sighs> fucking Danny Dimes.
1: <laughs> uh do you guys have any more thoughts on the NFC uh right now the Eagles are playing the Jets for preseason. I think the Eagles were winning 7 nothing last time I checked.
2: I I don't have anything else now. I I could go on all night about the NFC, but so I'll just not do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> George
0: I'm good.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't really care. Do all right,
0: so... Oh, I'm sorry. I do, but when my team sucks, it I, won't
1: well, we suck for so long. Just... So, so do you one of you guys have a top five that you were thinking about for this week? Okay, so... Am uh, I also uh,
2: supposed I, to look to my side? I was like, I think are we looking that... for the top five here? <laughs>
1: uh, George has got a filing cabinet over there. Remember with all the statistics and yeah. shit on, the, on a <laughs> bill? envelope um but so so i think that we definitely need to uh try and get anyone that listens uh, my parents whoever else jesse mcgee um to get on the social medias uh next week we are all getting together on saturday to get the first official but second um jack wagon cup tournament in uh, better not forget
2: think. the trophy at house at your house I'm just gonna leave
1: it there because that's where it's staying. But okay. Um, okay. Anyway, so we are playing down Nick's way. Um, we're playing at what is it, Piney Apple? Piney Apple. And so George had set the tee time. What? He's
0: gonna be down ten strokes on the front nine. I don't want to do this anymore. This
1: is a stupid idea. Who? <laughs> you.
2: Why would I do that?
0: you're gonna be losing my ten strokes next
1: week. I'm not gonna complain about it. Yeah, you're fucked. I,
2: I have a driving range. You're fucked, bud. I don't I need six holes driver? to warm up now. Yeah, yeah, they have uh, a driving range, there, so I don't need six holes to warm up.
1: Oh uh, yeah, well, we'll see. It's it's early in the morning. We'll see if you're able to get anything going. Um, hey, my last extracurricular times have been
2: before ten a.m. All right, let's
1: see if you can get anything going extracurricular at that time to kind of spark your mojo. If not, I don't uh, think listen, we got any worries. Shit,
2: I can I get extracurricular can... at any time. Any yeah, band performance enhancing drugs.
1: Um, but anyway, I think that we should get a poll going on the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Um, uh, of what people think, uh, their thoughts are, what is going to be, um, the winning score maybe, and then also who they think is possible winner. I mean, we could just do a random thing like, uh, one of the guesses is under a hundred, one of them is one hundred to one ten. You know, we could all hit a couple balls in the water, albeit like. Winning, I'm winning saying winning score, score like is
2: 109 since we're being pretty legit about how we're keeping score. I don't know. I also have never seen the course. That's person, what I'm saying. So like,
0: not looking at it, not knowing what it's going to be like. I, I feel like winning fair.
2: Yeah.
1: We also don't know the weather for next weekend. I mean, we could get there it's and it's the pouring down raining the entire time. I mean, I'm bringing my fucking winter gear. <laughs> I'm Tiger Woods and I, I got I, the mock turtleneck ready to go. I,
0: I looked at the forecast today. It was supposed to be, like, rain showers in the morning, but then, like, cloudy in the afternoon. I was
1: like, oh, that's perfect. Golf weather. I'm sure it'll move. Yeah. I'm sure the dry oh, yeah. range will be dry as shit for us, and then it'll start pouring hold, too. Oh, yeah. But we're doing it anyway. We're going to have a lot of different uh, um, little competitions throughout. Uh, I think that we should also try and kind of ask if anyone's got any competitions that maybe they play with their friends that we could implement, maybe some par 3 challenges, different things like that. But do you guys have any other comments on that?
2: Uh your ass next week. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: We'll get back. Well, I mean, we have one more podcast before That's the tournament. True. So we'll get to we talk should, about We
2: should it more spend more. the whole podcast talking so That's fine. Like a we'll... COD lobby, minus all the racism, because we don't want to get taken off. You know
1: what we need to do, George and Nick? <laughs> we need to go over the course like we were doing for the golf podcast originally, George, in the yardage, the dog leg. What?
3: <laughs> That's
0: a lot. <lie. laughs> <On time, laughs> have enough I was gonna say on top of the Pac-12, which I could spend fucking six hours talking
2: about. Uh, that's not- what? You don't need to
3: talk do about we, that because it's breaking yeah, up.
2: Do we have enough weeks? Do we have enough weeks to push it back? No. Okay, he, I was gonna say, it I was sitting there. Yeah. I was trying to do the math, and I was like, I don't think we do. But no, yeah, he planned it out.
1: We got,
2: um, got
0: everything mapped
2: out. Oh yeah, it's in you the just, filing cabinet. We just, just won't talk
0: about the St. Jude, and then we'll just we'll just get
2: right into it. There you go. yeah. So we'll just say it
1: now. It. now. Uh, Tony Fiannal won the St. Jude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we'll just get on to next week. You
3: better go put a bet on him now. <laughs> What's you,
1: better, that? you better go yeah. put a
0: bet on him
3: now. All right. All right guys, that does it for this week's episode.
0: Uh we will see you next week, uh hopefully on time. Uh so we can do together and we can post on the normal day. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But off
1: Wednesday. We can do it Wednesday.
2: There we God, go. Damn. What? <laughs> uh-huh. <complaining>. uh anyway, <laughs> uh so we will
0: see you guys in the next episode. Uh like Slate said, go interact with the
2: socials, please. Uh have a great weekend yep see you everybody